and uh all right no i think we're good uh so yeah my guest today is uh gavriel is that right Correct. uh and you are the owner of noah's apiary is that how we pronounce uh, apiary. it yeah apiary. Ap- apiary. Um, correct it's a term used uh when you have three or more hives on your property instead of saying bee farm uh the term is apiary okay and does it, it three or more if it gets to like a higher number does there a another name it becomes or uh, uh no st- apiary is still the term um uh-huh. i mean you can give yourself a title and call yourself like you know commando or general but uh <laughs> you know, at that level you're still running an apiary so i was gonna make double check it's bees and not beads right bees uh say that one more time it's bees and not beads right correct bees okay yeah not beads um i was gonna say what what inspired you to go to this like route as a beekeeper like or i don't know if that's like what you you call yourself a beekeeper i'm sure you're a man of many trades because i know you were telling me you uh kind of have like this little round of animals you you go around to almost like like a little self-sustainable farm uh i imagine uh so like what inspired you to go to this bee route with like honey and stuff like that was it something you learned from family from friends from just watching on youtube you know i'm suiting up just for my own safety so please i'm listening as you're going because i i can hear the bees getting aggressive at the moment Um, yeah no worries uh but on my own yeah uh so what kind of motivated me was that being a veteran um I want to give a big shout out to uh, God. Thanks for bringing me back alive from Iraq. Uh, I did four years in the Navy. I left um, just after 9-11 in January. And uh, I mm. went to the Navy and I went straight to Iraq as a gunner's mate. So uh, being a veteran here in America, they offer different uh, schooling and opportunities when you come back to kind of uh, shift gears and do something different. So before get into beekeeping um i also did another two and a half years in the army uh, i did infantry airborne and then i finished in uh, 89 delta which is a uh, bomb squad and i really learned a lot about uh, commanding large units at that time um working in the navy was a, a smaller unit we're very close-knit uh, my gunners you know we were we were like brothers and we still talk to this day you know we're very very close in the army you deal with a lot more people, so those interpersonal connections don't really come as quickly. But you learn to command from a distance a lot more uh, than you would uh, at an interpersonal level. Um, so with the bees, they really are their own universe. You know, the, the queen, she really commands and tells them what to do. Uh, we more or less tend uh, to keep her in an optimal state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's one queen and she lives about five years and everybody else is more or less within the 45 days in the summertime to six months throughout the winter to keep her warm and make sure that she's happy no matter what she's doing um, <laughs> eggs and whatnot and that uh-huh. kind of world 
coming together was really something I experienced in the army a lot of dealing with someone's personality from their perspective and how you let them grow and, and how you can tweak and maintain along the way. Um, and bees are malleable in that fashion, especially with uh, how our evolution of beehives has come along. Um, yeah. Yeah, I never thought about the parallels between kind of running, you know, uh, an army and then having bees. You know, it, they 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 don't sound similar at all, but I guess those uh, skills migrate pretty easily to uh, beekeeping. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Attention to detail. Um having the internal fortitude to be that present with an, with a, with an insect that can, you know, if, if you're not, if you're not suited up right or something, or you make them angry, you know, this can be your last uh, bee trip. Uh, you know, there, there are people who are allergic for one there, you know, there's a lethal dose of bee stings you can take, you know, so there are safety precautions that you have to take and you have to take them serious. Um, when you're comfortable with bees at a certain level, you'll see the olders, and the people who mentor, they'll just show up with a little face veil and it's really nothing to them. And they're kind of in and out and they figured out the niche of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, uh, um, and I mean to like ignore this, but thank you for your service. Uh, as far oh, as please, you know, I'll be humbled to have the opportunity to serve, you know, but thank yeah, you. yeah, definitely. And I, um, was going to ask, so, as far as like the uh, workers and the defenders, is it? Uh, and I've I've read I've read a little bit about bees. I've seen like some of those beekeeper videos that go viral. Is it like the females that are the defenders and the males that are the workers, or uh, why do you think like evolution kind of went that route with with the bees? If you had an opinion. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. Um, and that kind of, once again, trickles down from the queen. Um, because what she wants is what she will birth. If she wants men, because she needs to mate at that time of season to create more babies, she'll, the babies that she has at that time, she'll want them to be uh, what's called drones. And um, these, these, uh, these males are only for, uh, uh, you know, they don't have a stinger. So they have a mating flight, and then that's kind of their life. Where the queen, she needs, like, multiple boyfriends to kind of make her um, numbers uh, meet what they're supposed to. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the fighters, uh, the workers, the collectors, the cleaners, uh, the builders, um, her tenders, you know, all those are all women. Those are all her worker bees. And they have stingers. Uh, you know, they're not like a wasp where a wasp can sting you multiple times. A bee, you know, they sting you. That's kind of their end, you know. Mm -hmm. They're willing to sacrifice and do that kind of kamikaze trip, you know, because that's that's inbred in, inside of them. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, it's it's interesting that, I don't know, to me that the evolution went that route there. And that all goes with, that. that's kind of the whole definition of a hive mentality. They're all kind of in sync, right, with each other. Correct. 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 Yeah. You know, no, coming that... into winter as well, they understand what it is to sacrifice, uh, not just in protecting the queen, but what sacrifice means. Like, let's say, for instance, like, if you can see in the background, there's two big boxes on the bottom. 
and those are the brood boxes where she lays her eggs. And on top of that, there's smaller ones. Um, they're, they're called supers. So brood and super. Now, as the season progresses and more bees are born, you don't just need the super to put the honey in. You need the super because you have thousands of bees that are being born. So you have to keep up with the volume that she's outputting in her birthing series. Um, and then when you come to harvest, you're going to take these boxes and break them down. And you're going to, you know, you have to ask yourself, what am I going to do with all these bees? Um, now, the hive, you can take care of it and you can make what's called a split. And you take, uh, you know, the brood chambers and you split them and you put more empty boxes on top based on the, the amount of bees you have. So you can keep up with that. Or some people just flat out rob the hive, you know, they'll take the, the boxes on top and, you know, put the top on the bottom and, you know, they hope they all crunch inside there. And the queen looks around and she's like, we got way too many people and we don't have enough food. So mm-hmm. like 30% need to die and get out. And that's the end of it. You know, there is no vote, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to what she needs to make her place perfect. But if all of the bees see that she's not living up to par or she's towards the end, they will all congregate together and pull another egg and put it into a vertical cell that they make, which is specific for queens. So they get bigger instead of the horizontal, which is standard for workers and drones. Mm -hmm. And therefore when this queen comes out, you know, it's like a Highlander, you know, there can only be one. So steps back and, you know, this is like the gladiators that we all live for, you know, like the queen's got to fight it out and only one of them can stand. And then she stands up, you know, everybody serves me from here on out, you know. Wow. No. And I could see that, like, when you think of it as queens and kingdoms and all that, but just to think of it in the insect world <laughs> it's it's, it's mind-blowing universe that you know we have so many electronics we have so many influences and political things going on uh depending on what country you're in you know different warfare there's all kinds of things that go on to you know for someone to it really is a blessing to sit down and have time in life without things going on to kind of learn these extra activities to help people in the overall because even though i tend the bees here and i make sure they have what they need to they fly within a three mile radius and any farmer around here that has corn apples fruit vegetables they're out there pollinating and they're making sure that their fruit and vegetable reaches its max potential mm-hmm. you know i think it was something around like 33 or 38 percent of the stuff you see in your grocery store comes specifically from bees pollinating Jeez, no, and that's that's insane because the way you know things are getting now, where it's more not not as natural. It's it's more uh, what's the word like mechanically done or correct, correct. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, inorganically, I'll say. So yeah. um, it, it's I don't know. It's scary to think that like that sounds like a big number, but it's probably. It should be like a hundred percent, you know, and with with vegetables and fruits and all that. And I feel like it could only get lower, which is scary because Yeah, we world, deal with a lot of yeah. uh issues on our own in that world, so to say. Like within the past twenty years or so, we've dealt with a thing called Varroa mites. And these things, uh, since bees are exoskeletal and they're 
you know, uh, a bug, um, they open up to kind of breathe. And these tinier varroa mites would climb under there and they would eat off of them and, you know, they climb in the eggs and eat with the eggs and it's a whole infestation of a problem. Some people think it's a foreign country warfare. Some people think it's like evolution of times, you know, whatever it may oh, be wow. is that a, a large bee population has definitely decimated and beekeepers in America based on the frustration of fighting these varroa mites over the past couple of years. We've, we're starting to angle in a lot better on the uh, chemicals and uh, oxala acids and whatnot that work at that time of season, but it's not a one shot and go. It's like twice a season before the honey and then after the honey. And then you got to check you know, very specifics, looking for all, all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, attending the universe, you know, you're kind of being that higher power to them. Um, yeah, I don't think they have a, I mean, they might, but I don't think they have veterinarians that you could take your queen to and they'll, you know, prescribe them. <laughs> like you know, no, uh, no, not, no, not like that. Uh, yeah, like can, an antidote or something. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, feeders like juice feeders um, that have like a drip feed on a mason jar you would place upside down, and you can put like uh, different bee nutrients that would help to help the the hive to thrive. Um, but if the queen's like weak or she's on her way out, you know there's nothing stopping you from actually rearing another queen. And that's part of the understanding of bees is that you can fluctuate. And if you see them trying to do one, you can pull that whole cell and pull that queen out there and put it on another cell. And you can raise a whole farm of just, you know, raising queens in the event that either one of yours goes or there's multiple beekeepers and they have queen issues. It's either sick or, uh, American fowl brew, Eastern fowl brew, maybe they have a swarm and they didn't give their bees enough space. And so the bees are like, we're out of here. So they grab the queen and then you see the whole thing just up and take off and they go live in a tree somewhere. And that's the end of it, you know? And, um, and if you um, weren't there, let's say, uh, and the queen did like die, pass away, get killed. What do these bees do? They just go on their own like they're lost or do they go find a new queen or Correct. like there in is, that event uh, some people believe in letting them do their own thing and like oh they understand there's the the queen has died so they'll pull uh an egg and put it into a horizontal cell i mean into a vertical cell they need to build you'll see them uh, like uh, the frames in these boxes there's 10 of them you know and they're in a rectangular fashion and so your honey would be here and then on the very bottom of it, it would just be like a cone coming down. Or if it was on the side, it'd be coming out and straight down. And that's what a queen cell looks like. So, you know, in the event that she's on her way out, they either would rear one or they would kind of go into doing their own thing. And some of the workers would lay eggs. But the workers can't really decide to lay more women workers. And they would only lay drones in that event. And then the whole hive would drone out and then that and then they'd really be bored not knowing what to do or how to tend a queen. Mm -hmm. So then you're really forced into a position of uh, maybe splitting uh, from another hive and putting a frame that has eggs in there or even just contacting your local bee organization to get another queen. Because, I mean, they're only about 40, 50 bucks and, you know, you have to kind of take the hives 
uh, so to say, like, you know, Republican Democrat side, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to yeah. go with the hive on this one because we need another queen. I understand you're the queen. I understand you're great. You know, you've been the speaker of house for a long time, but we need another queen. So <laughs> it's 50 bucks and you're out. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is. You need to take care of 60,000 bees a lot more than I need to take care of one queen. And you can just buy these queens. There's like, is there like a black market or are they? No, they're, no, it's they're not, just a black okay. market. At all. Um, the further <laughs> south you go in America, uh, is more common of where you can find it because uh, you know you're closer to the equator. Uh, mm-hmm. You can you have more time to rear and and have them, you know, be birthed in in their natural environment instead of kind of worrying like where I'm at. You got about five maybe six months like four and a half to six months now depending uh of winter and snow so i have to ensure that i only take minimal honey and leave at least 80 to 100 pounds for them to eat and make it through the winter mm-hmm. because they don't just hibernate they they lock arms they round around the queen and they vibrate and they flap their wings and they expel all that energy to keep you can put a heat gun on and you can see it'll be 70 80 degrees in the center of that while it's minus 12 outside Mm -hmm. oh yeah and you're in new york so it uh yes sir it gets a little cooler because yeah you're up there i i don't know why i keep uh well i'm from texas like like i was telling you all we got here is uh hot girls and barbecue (laughs) (laughs) so but but yeah i can't imagine how uh global warming i mean whether you believe in or in it or not it is a lot hotter and getting hotter so i don't know how the bees would uh like evolve from that or still deal with with winters because you're up north more you know yeah so the bees there's not just like honeybee you know there's different types of honeybee there's russian there's italian there's african there's uh, Corinthian, Cornolian. Sorry, I messed the word up a lot. Um, but there's different <laughs> types of bees in themselves that are workable in the cold weather and that just won't make it, period. You know, like down in Texas, you might have more swarms of African bees or, you know, Italian bees or something like this because they do well in the heat and through winter you only have. 40, I mean, 45, maybe 50 degrees, depending on where you're at. Whereas here, it's, you know, it's a solid three, four months of negative zero. Not negative zero. Yeah. Negative below zero. Mm-hmm. And and the different types of bees you were mentioning, do when they do produce honey, all those, I imagine they produce honey, do they all, like, taste differently? Can you, like, I don't know if you'd uh, be able a, to, that's like... That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good yeah. question. Oh, the... Um, Based on the bee itself, based on the honeybee, <laughs> I'm not talking bumblebees and wasps, I'm talking honeybees. Based on the honeybee itself, uh, their uh, type would not make a specific taste. You know, your environment is what would induce that. You're, you know, if you mm-hmm. allow them to have flowers. Um, I live here personally on 60 acres by myself, and I homestead very intensely every day. So I have large acres of the property that I'll cut once. And then I know the wildflowers by this time will be insane, like the goldenrod and the late blooming flowers. So there's certain parts that the grass is five, six feet tall based on it being such a, a, you know, a free, um, 
free. It's free, honestly. Like, let the grass grow. You know, the wise man looks out and sees money. You know, the lazy man looks out and says, oh, I need to cut the grass. And, you know, it's in the way. And it's, it's such a problem. You know, like, if you see with the eyes in your head and you can be like, man, I see gold and I want to see money in my hand. You know, okay, I'll spend, <laughs> I'll spend 500 bucks. I'll make these little hives and boxes and whatever, you know, right around that, you know, for one hive and take the two or three uh, weeks to learn about it. And that not only the honey that you sell will make your money back, but let's say you do so good that your bees by next season need to be split. Now you got two hives and you know, they're rocking and kicking and you're not, you made your 500 back and now you're the honey man of your community. And then the season's over and you're stuck with two. And they'll come next season, they're rocking and kicking and you got to split them. Now you got two is four next season, four is eight next season, eight, 16. Mm-hmm. And all you do is spend 500 on one. And you saw, and you saw with the eyes in your head that there's money out there growing for free that you can't put a fence around, you know, they go mm-hmm. for three miles everywhere. And, you know, it's not like cattle where they're just destroying your grass and eating everything, you know, they're coming there and they're taking the pollen and they're propagating and making your stuff go good. You know, oh, yeah. and, you know, you want those big apples, they're going to come and hit those trees and they're going to give you those luscious, juicy apples and pears. And, and you'll see it night and day. I have apple trees excuse me, that are crab apples. And for three years uh, that I was here, tiny little greens. The year I got apple uh, bees, within, by the end of the season, they were bigger than my fist and they were shiny red monsters. And it <laughs> dawned on me that I was like, you got to be kidding me, dude. There's so much food here that I knew nothing about. And that turned into a vineyard that I found in another part of the forest as I was cleaning that I trellised in a manner and the bees went there and did that. And then that turned into finding high-rise blueberry bushes that I cleaned up around and trellised those in a fashion. And since I made it so clean, the bees came and turned that into food. And one thing after another, you make them work for you. And then they give you such good food and it's such a good trade in hand, hand in hand. They're making honey. You're getting better food. And then you get honey at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's symbi- uh, it's a nice symbiotic relationship where, you know, you let them do their thing, you tend to them whenever they do need, you know, that little bit of help, but it really is worth it. Like, they, they do a lot for the earth in general where people advocate, right? Like, I, I know there is where they advocate to save bees, like... No, yeah, like... all day, man. Yeah, you really... Honestly, uh, you really would not know how hard of a push and a bite you would feel in your stomach and in your wallet at the grocery stores if the bees were not around. Mm-hmm. It would no, definitely it's... hurt, and you would more likely go into some kind of like meat diet or bug diet, uh, or, or just to tell you the truth, you know. It's... Yeah, you would have like this unnatural produce that wouldn't probably taste sweet taste good have nutrients it would just be like almost like fake meat fake vegetables yeah, you know pretty, pretty close pretty close in, in yeah. countries they have uh jobs where people go out there with like q-tips to pollinate the flowers and they climb up on ladders and they go flower for flower around the trees doing that because the pollution in the air has destroyed the ability to have bees because you have so many cars you have so many 
you have so much going on that you know you're thinking about money and just going and going and going. Mm -hmm. Doctor Seuss yeah, did a book on it. I think it was the Lorax or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's crazy how you think. Like you you don't notice when they're doing it, but you would notice if they were gone. You know, like definitely with bees. Hundred percent. Uh, I was gonna ask. I know you had just touched on it. How like the honey is more determined by the environment rather than what type of bee. Uh, I remember seeing like a Joe Rogan where they had like a psychedelic honey. Have you ever like uh, I would say like Correct. dabbled in that or heard of that? It's indigenous to that rainforest. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's really nothing out of anybody's world if they wanted to do something of that nature and just mm -hmm. grow that flower. You know, like I have on both sides of my hive, I have sunflowers and wildflowers. You know, if that's something you wanted to do, then, you know, you grow the flowers and you get the bees. Uh, I'm not telling people what to do, but, you know, A plus B equals C. <laughs> yeah, it's for you, I'm sure, just cut and dry. Like, oh, no, you just do it this way. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, you don't have to climb a mountainside uh, somewhere, you know miles from uh, civilization to just climb and obtain that honey you could do it if you wanted to i mean we're uh, on such a high level of information and the tests that scientists have done to use bees for everything that there's a plethora of uh realms that have been understood already to what bees are capable of doing and they're even using them today for bomb squad to detect without having to use dogs, cats, monkeys, or whatever kind of animal, they yeah. use bees and train them to sniff out bombs. Uh, you know, this you can look this stuff up on YouTube. It's well within your reach on Google. Yeah, it's insane. Um, oh. So to have something as simple as the plants that you want to propagate to make the kind of honey you want, you know, that's, uh, you know, it seems very elementary for the bees to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I uh I always I don't know if you know the author Raul Dahl. He wrote like uh James and the Giant Peach and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But I remember there's a story that's always stuck with me that he wrote, like a short story, and uh it talks about how like a, a mother and I don't mean to take too long telling this story, long story short, but it's about a mother who has a baby uh prematurely. And the husband is a beekeeper, so he secretly gives the baby royal jelly to help uh, it become stronger. And eventually he says, oh, uh, she's strong enough now. She'll be our queen. And the baby grows wings. And I always think about that when I think about beekeepers. Do, do, do you... Um, like, that is that's how it works? Like, with the, the royal jelly and... Uh, is that like a thing, right? Giving it to the queen or the, the, the baby to birth the queen? Um, the eggs are born in a suspended royal jelly in a horizontal fashion. As, as you've seen the cells, they'll be like this on the wall. And then the jelly's inside of it and the egg is put in the jelly in a suspended fashion in that jelly based on the, the tininess of it and... 
you know, how gravity kind of holds liquid in a, in a shape. If it's tiny, it kind of bubbles in a certain fashion to stay inward instead of being too much liquid to drip out. So this royal jelly that the bees make is, is full of a lot of nutrients. And, you know, if you're into the minute uh, things of the bees to separate that, that's a very attainable thing. But as far as, you know, a Spider-Man effect, you know, that's not... Uh, <laughs> gonna happen you know you definitely would get a lot of nutrients that you would you you would not know that you've been deprived of mm -hmm. um like the glue that they make to seal the hive from within is called propolis and that's like pollen and tree sap uh some of the bee saliva and it makes a really good uh if you make tinctures out of it you can have uh toothpaste out of it um and it has a very high nutritional value of vitamins and minerals uh, from what they collect. Um, you know, if you're into the multivitamin state, uh, you know, that's obviously been processed. But um, just being around them in general, it's been known to help cure a lot of different lung issues and breathing the fumes that come off of the beehive and, and how mm. fresh and, and, and wonderful smelling it is with a butterscotch tinge or a, a you know whatever flower you're working with at that time it's got a this intense punch and it almost grabs inside your lungs and opens them up you know if you were to breathe naturally through your nose you kind of feel a bit of a restraint you know with your environment or maybe heaven forbid there's like mold in your house or something like that you know you feel a bit of a restraint in your lungs you know but when you're breathing on the beehives or breathing the beeswax it's, uh, it's very interesting that it actually grabs inside your lungs to open them up to help you breathe more naturally. Um, some people have said, even by studies, that beekeepers live longer. And they, can't, they don't know if it's attributed to being able to breathe more uh, air and, or if it's uh, even according to the vibrations that the bees make because they have their own frequency that they vibrate on. And when you're around them, you have to force yourself to be in such a super calm and chill that you, you know, maybe later in life, you're able to deal with such things that other people would not be able to deal with because of working, you know, with, uh, something that takes that intensity of care. Yeah. Especially you being a uh, veteran, I imagine it's a calming effect where it's like, like you're out, you're around a bunch of, I mean, it doesn't compare to being in war, but you're around a bunch of bees that, uh, and at a moment's notice could turn on you. So it has to, you have to relax for 100%. the sake of. I rec if there's veterans out there, if there's people with, you know, depression out there, whatever kind of things, even if you want to do something cool, I highly recommend beekeeping to anybody and everybody. Put one on your roof, put one in your backyard. If you're inner city, ask your landlord, put one on the roof, you know, do whatever you can. It's such a fun and interesting way to let yourself grow, you know, outside of your own skin and, and really care for something that is so important to the world. You know, like when you raise bees, you, you know, even if you like people say, what can I do? What can I do? The, the rising temperatures, the oceans, the government, you know, you know, you can raise bees, you know, you can change the world in that because, you know, you're helping the world food to continue and mm -hmm. bees only living so long in that short span that they live in have been able to overlap their life since the beginning of time and they're still here no it's uh, it's crazy 
no the uh, again like we've talked about how much they play a role in the world where they're uh sort of like the backstage like they're keeping a lot of things going without uh terribly sorry well, about that yeah no no you're good <laughs> i was like go yeah, oh, the uh the, the clouds go left and right and then all of a sudden the signal drops i'm in the mountains at the moment so it's kind of oh man no it's amazing how um yeah like we would know you don't notice when they're there but you will notice when they're gone and that's like hopefully you know it doesn't go to that uh is it raining or hailing or what is that oh yeah the clouds they come and go i'm on a mountain top so things uh, pass like it'll rain oh. for like five minutes and it'll, it'll be here like it doesn't bother <laughs> you know, i'm i'm used to this stuff um it uh, you know i'll try to go uh, a little quicker than uh so you're honestly like you can say there's a lot of great things bees have done besides the vegetables i mean bees bring honey and honey brings mead and mead well everybody loves alcohol <laughs> you're you're not wrong there as far as your uh business uh noah's and i it's it's a apiary apiary yeah apiary i'm gonna step under a tree for a second because yeah the no worries uh, but at least you can see a great background going on here. So this is one, sorry, this is one of my hives here. Mm -hmm. And then further back this way, I have a longer stretch where I have more of my hives down at the end of the field and my sheep um, to keep the grass low around them so the grass doesn't overrun uh, around the beehives. They don't like lawn mowers. They don't like uh, loud machinery that can scare them. So mm -hmm. having the sheep to work for you in the environment really helps to mitigate uh, any kind of like damage you would do to them of shaking up the hive when it doesn't need to be shooken up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in in your business your business uh i see it on instagram noah's apiary uh not only does it you know sell honey but it sells like you have a lot of different just products like beeswax and uh what, oh, what yeah, else 100 uh, uh so yeah. i do everything myself um you know, I build all the beehives myself. I'm in the hives myself. I collect the honey and no one else touches it. So with that being said, is I can be as specific as I want to be when it comes to collecting beeswax. And when it comes to being very clean and not throwing away stuff because you're caught in the motion. And that gives me a little bit more elbow room to make lotion and to make mead uh, to maybe even let some of the honey ferment because in, in countries like Switzerland and, and farther northern Europe, um, fermented honey is a, is a high delicacy and it's mm. actually more costly than regular honey. Dang. No, I, I mean, I love honey, but I'll just get like the regular stuff at the store that you don't know if it's, you, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like it says, te it says Texas honey. Uh, but who knows where it comes from, how it is. Uh, so yeah, as far as your store, uh, people can just hit you up on Instagram at Noah's underscore apiary. Uh, yes, sir. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I mail, uh, all day. Uh, that's part of the hours I set apart in my work schedule here. Um, is filling orders. Um, I've had a couple orders out in California. Um, I had a couple orders in Georgia and Florida. Um, uh, you know, I've sent a bunch of stuff as far as Israel and Italy uh oh. Germany as well um 
And I have a really close friend of mine, and he has a crowd that goes hiking in uh, Mount Everest, I think it's called, like that biggest mountain. Forgive me for my ignorance. Um, but uh, while he's up there in the mountains, like he tells me, he's like, your beeswax and your bee lotion, he's like, it's the only thing that works when the cold is tearing my lips and my face apart and my hands are like cracking because it's so cold and I'm, my body's like not hydrated properly. And, uh, you know, it's a big blessing that what I use here to work for me because I tear my hands apart on working the farm has worked for him in, in such extreme environments as well. Um, and he tells his buddies and they take it with them when they do their mountain climbing and whatnot. And uh, I like this aspect of giving back to America in this fashion, you know, like there's the military and protecting and I'm very humbled to be able to protect. And then there's this aspect of giving to America as well, you know, and bringing life you know no it's 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 great and then it sounds like you said you have sheep there i'm sure you might have other animals so you're you know more sustainable i don't know it's it's nice clean living you're you're giving back what you're taking not not that you uh what's the word like you're not in debt to the world to do that you know what i mean but you still do it yeah <laughs> I mean, so it kinda, yeah like a couple of things kind of dawned on me i really got personally frustrated that whenever i got hungry just based on being awake at midnight that nothing was open or whatever i had in the fridge i had to talk myself into and i knew it'd come with acid reflux i knew it'd come with knee pain because i'd have inflammation you know and i just got tired of talking myself into that stuff and i'm like i'm gonna do it myself the first year or two will suck very hard and as long as I go in with that mentality, I won't be disappointed by the third year because anything will be better than the first two of, of it being so hard. And slowly by slowly, since I have no one here to tell me, oh, you know, that won't work or let's try this. You know, when I fail, then I fail. When I succeed, I get up from my own failures and fallings and I make it work one way or another. And then when it works, it's on a regiment where it's just on maintenance and I'm you know, it's, it's such an internal accomplishment to see small goals to let you know that, you know, life isn't over after one phase or after experiencing, you know, trauma, for instance, of any sort. You know, there's there's many avenues that you can experience to help reshift the gears that, you, you know, things can be better, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. And I, I guess say like, other people could i'm sure find an answer like that in other things but for you to find it in the world of beekeeping where it helps the earth like like exponentially you know it, it's it's such a great thing you know like i don't know yeah yeah you can <laughs> never have too much honey you know there is no uh <laughs> there is no uh too much honey in the world you know and a beautiful thing it lasts forever too so you know you stock up on it or you're stuck with it you know that's okay you pass it on to the next generation because everybody loves a sweet tooth <laughs> you know i had that question too I, I remember reading that like they found like egyptian is it was it egyptian honey and it was oh, still yeah. it was still technically good right 100%, like it, yeah 100 percent edible it crystallized yeah. just based on uh, how it was stored. Um, yeah, but 100% edible. Uh, th honey's good for thousands and thousands of years. Obviously, That's if you insane. pull it in the right time, you know, uh -huh. if, if they're still building it 
and the comb has not been covered, you know, then you risk that it wasn't cured properly and it could have too much moisture in the honey causing fermentation or mold of some sort. So, you know, there is a certain mm -hmm. level of kind of knowing when to pull the honey. That no, that's crazy. Like to think, I I can't think of anything else that is even able to uh, have a shelf life of thousands of years. You know, <laughs> like, even uh, stuff yeah, I'm like pretty blown away myself. I've been thinking about passing it on to my kids. You know, and uh -huh. I'm trying to convince them in some way to pass it on without the jars being broken throughout history. Be like, all right, here's enough for five generations like each each you get a gallon your son gets a gallon my grandson grandson gets a gallon you know like try and save like 10 gallons to pass one gallon to each generation and hopefully along the way somebody would take it upon themselves to rekindle that flame and to delve into the importance of giving back to the world and not being a consumer or a taker you know and and really finding your peace and and you know giving in some form or fashion you know everybody needs help you know in some way and you know if you can help in your own way whether you interact with the community or not you know your bees will definitely help yeah well for now for now we only have one world <laughs> and we yeah. got to we yeah, well, yeah. still take, learning we're still learning yeah yeah we got to take care of it however we can so know your your story it, it it's beautiful cuz it it just shows you like yeah like you're a veteran you could have said oh you know i deserve this i deserve that but i'm going to give back to the world and it's giving you back uh pretty much what you give it if not uh more or if not equal and you know like i said you could stop at any time but you just continue to do it and it's it's a beautiful thing you know very very beautiful yeah i appreciate that man i appreciate that you know i work very hard here and uh from my labor i can share something sweet with the world and just the last question on to go uh it's called noah's apiary very uh, good I, yeah I, noah's apiary at, uh, is there is there a reason you went with the name noah is because i know your name i thought your name might be noah but it's gabrielle oh no yeah my name is gabrielle uh yeah please forgive the misunderstanding um i went with noah uh for two reasons uh one is uh i have a very close friend of mine and his father had passed away when he was young Mm -hmm. and uh, his father and him were very close with the property I'm on now. And, uh, you know, it's in a way of rekindling his father's name and keeping it alive because he was a very, very, very hardworking man. Mm -hmm. And uh, stout gentlemen like him don't come around too often in, in our generations. Oh, yeah. Uh, for one. And uh, two is that uh, Noah as well in the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, when Noah came out of the ark, you know, it was just him and he was doing it by himself. So here on the farm, I live by myself and, uh, you know, nobody comes to help. Nobody's here building, nobody's nothing. And, uh, and that's okay. You know, that's okay. You find your own peace and you make your own time and you understand how others did it like Noah. No. Yeah. That's I, I, and I'm, you know, I'm somewhat religious. There's, 
some stuff you know that i could uh believe in some i can't you got to stretch it every now and then but uh you know if if it betters a person like you are right here then that's what religion is all about uh making oh, yeah. someone want yeah, to do better their own path yeah you know the yeah. best thing you can do is let a plant grow in its environment to its own path whatever that path is no and, and just like a person to uh let them grow whether they 100%. make their mistakes or not hopefully they learn from them but yeah i don't want to keep you too long uh i know it's already pouring a little bit there so it's noah's apiary on instagram they can just yes, hit sir. you up on there uh yes, to sir. order something yeah. And, yeah, you can uh, you can hit me up on there. I, I respond pretty quickly, being that I farm and you know I do everything myself, so I I know I gotta stay on top of things. Um, but uh, yeah, Noah's underscore apiary, uh, no commas, no dashes, none of that. In, uh, and uh, you can see a plethora of uh, what I do here. I try and keep it updated so that people can you know have some uh, good eye candy to look at. <laughs> yeah, no, it does look very. Uh beautiful and sweet the honey like so yeah uh I'll definitely i have all your uh descriptions there uh hopefully you know we can talk again later on this is real interesting and i appreciate your time uh you know today yeah i really appreciate your time as well thank you very much you know um i also want to say i was also very impressed with your t-shirts i think the retro <laughs> nintendo t-shirt uh fashion is awesome so like you know <laughs> kudos to you on your uh style and how you do things you know i was i was really impressed with that oh it's 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 all well it, it's we have our ideas but it's my buddy at retro horror inc you can follow him on instagram if you ever okay. need any low if you ever need any logos done he's done all my logos he he draws them up like great so if you ever need anything done uh, he's amazing, but I'll, I'll send you his info and, um, please, please. yeah, yeah, please. I'd love to, uh, with the different projects I have here, I'm always looking to build a new sticker. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll send you his info and, uh, yeah, I'll see if I have like, uh, freaking shirts here. I could send you or something. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to send you the hookup on honey. You know, I, you oh, know, I no. got you covered, you know, I appreciate your time and reaching out and making this happen. You know, and uh, like I said earlier, I'd like to send you some uh, some sweet stuff from, you know, from my labors here. And, and you can see what like real raw honey tastes like. That's not pasteurized, no corn syrup, you know, not from some foreign country that, you know, like you need the allergies are from here. You need the pollen from here. You know, it's, it's cool to support from America, you know, in America, yeah. from America. No, of course. It's it, it's a great thing. It's what the country's built on or at least what it used to be built on but uh yeah man thank you so much for your time i hope uh nothing but more success your way amen and amen yeah. thank you so much you as well and, you as well. and we will definitely uh talk some more uh talk some more again later on but yeah uh that that's it for today everyone uh just check out noah's underscore apiary uh i have it the links there Put them in the description on Instagram and support small businesses. I mean, it's it's beautiful. Veterans and all that. Thank you again for your service and for doing yes, what sir. you do. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll see you all later. Bye.